Welcome to Something Like It Pops, List of Palooza, Tony Awards Edition. I am Matt Timonini, and as always, I am joined by Jennifer McHugh. Jen, Lists and the Tonys. Sounds like a match made in heaven. It is. It's like my favorite day of the year. <laughs> you can follow Jen on Twitter at EponineQ. That's E-P-O-N-I-N-E-Q. And you can follow me at B-W-W-M-A-T-T. You can find all episodes of Some Like It Pop, including List of Paloozas and special mini episodes on BroadwayWorld.com, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So please subscribe so that you can get every episode of Some Like It Pop as soon as it is available. Then share the sheer all-encompassing joy that is Some Like It Pop with everyone you know. How these list of Palooza things works is that I will start and count down my favorite Tony Awards performances 10 through 6, then Jen will do the same, and then we will alternate our picks 5 through 1. Jen, we've done a few TV lists lately, and we have agreed on our number ones quite a bit, more often than I'm comfortable with, so I'm anxious to see if we end up having the same Tony Awards performance as number one. I think we're going to have a lot of crossover, but I don't think we're going to have the number one. Okay. But I've said that the last three lists and i've been wrong <laughs> yeah okay well we'll see what happens all right i'm gonna go ahead and start off um and like we we sometimes do i'm gonna go 10 through 6 i'm gonna give a little information just a, some quick thoughts just maybe who was in it um all that kind of stuff but not get too deep into these until five, uh, we go through five through one so number 10 for me is the original cast of ragtime in 1998 that was one of the first shows I saw on Broadway on my first trip to New York uh, with Brian Slicks Mitchell, uh, Audrey McDonald, Marin Maisie. Um, what an incredible cast that was. That performance has an uh, important place in my heart. Number nine is I Got Love from Pearly in 1970, long before I was born, but the performance of Melba Moore is amazing. Sit Down, You're Rockin' the Boat from Guys and Dolls' 1992 revival. Walter Bobby, who is now an acclaimed director, directed the Chicago revival that is still running, um, is number eight on my list. That's always been one of my favorite shows. I was in that show my junior year of high school, and it's still my mom's favorite, and that performance is one that has stuck with me. Number seven is I've Decided to Marry You from Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder from 2014. It's a show that I didn't really know a whole lot about. I didn't know any of the music, and the little that I'd heard was kind of stuffy and not my thing. When I saw the performance and saw how much fun it was with Bryce Pinkham, uh, it really was something that kind of changed my mind for the show to the point where I still haven't seen it, but I'm excited to hopefully see it on tour soon. And then number six is one that I really wanted to put in my top five, and I just couldn't find a place for it, and that is the Tony's Cancelled TV Shows medley from 2013 that featured Neil Patrick Harris, Andrew Rannells, Laura Benanti, and Megan Hilty, where all four of them coming off of having TV shows canceled, um, three of them from NBC, uh, and, mm-hmm. and and Neil Patrick Harris, I mean, his show was canceled, but it ran for 10 years. But uh, So that was a, a lot of fun to kind of poke fun at the fact that even if you go away from Broadway and do some TV stuff, you still have a home back in New York on stage. So I loved that one. So that was my number six. Well, actually, we don't have a lot of crossover except for one number. We have the exact same performance. All right. So, so that's interesting. Yeah, so far, so good. So what do you got, Jen? Ten through six. Okay, so number ten is a show that I love that you have no interest in called Spring Awakening. And it was the 2007 performance of the medley of Bitch, uh, Mama Who Bore Me, Bitch of Living, and Totally Fucked, which they very cleverly muted themselves on the F word. And I really appreciated that. It was my first exposure to the show, and I went and saw it a few months later, and I fell madly in love with it. Uh, number nine was last year's 2015 performance of Ring of Keys by Sidney Lucas from the show Fun Home. I was just mesmerized by this girl and how commanding her stage presence was when she was so young. Number eight, Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat, 1992, the revival. Nice. Uh, 
um, I really just appreciated the colors. Um, it was so vibrant and so alive, and everything I've always seen of Guys and Dolls is always so, like, muted. Really? And for some, for some reason, I just loved the way they designed the show, and everyone was having a good time, and it was Nathan Lane and J.K. Simmons, and I just thought it was great. Number seven was Sugar Daddy from 2014 <laughs> by NPH from our wonderful Hedwig. And I haven't seen Hedwig, if you can believe it. Wow. I saw the I saw the movie. I do have tickets for its fall tour performance this fall in LA starring Darren Chris, so I'm excited about it. But the performance on the Tonys, I have I had just never seen um, anything like it, <laughs> especially when he made out with his husband. I thought that was adorable. <laughs> and number six was the Full Monty. Whoa! <laughs> in 2001, Cut. let it let it go. Um, I just thought it was adorable. It had no shot at winning anything that night. It was up against. Was that the producer's year? I I do not. What year was it? Two thousand one. It probably it very well could have been. Yeah. It's either the producers or Hairspray, and they had no shot, and they knew it, and they came out, and it was Patrick Wilson, and I. It, the audience loved every second of it, and I just thought it was adorable. So that was my number six. Very nice. Well, and what's interesting, you mentioned Hedwig that you're seeing it with Darren Chris now. Make, check your tickets because there are performances that he's not doing. And in the role of Hedwig, the alternate is Lena Hall, who is a Tony Award winner for playing Yitzhak in the original Broadway production. She is touring in the in the California, um, I think November, December. She's playing Yitzhak, and but she is also the alternate and is playing Hedwig for one performance a week. So that's a a really interesting casting thing they've done on that tour. So I'm excited to hear what you think after you see it, whether it's Darren or or Lena. Okay. All right. So let's go into our number fives, and we'll talk a little bit more about each of these. Number five on my list is a show that I saw twice on Broadway with the original cast, um, and it is still it's, – it's a show that when you just look at the show, the show's not all that good. It's flimsy, and the story's just kind of – you know, it's silly. It's an old throwback show with a lot of trunk songs that were interpolated in that don't really make a whole lot of sense. But this production and this cast and this dancing is – so much fun and unbelievable, and that is 2001's Anything Goes, led by Sutton Foster. The amount of just rapid-fire tap dancing in that number, and then for her to just go in and start belting. I mean, she has a little second break while the, everyone else is tap dancing, but it's so much fun, and I love Sutton Foster. So this was one of my favorites uh, of recent years, and there's just so much energy and excitement and old-school pizzazz that goes with that number that it's one that's... Uh, it's it's really hard not to love. Yeah, that was a great performance. I love Anything Goes. I directed it in actually um, 2003 or four, and I love that show. Yeah, it, there's not a whole lot of substance to the show no, itself. No, not at all. It's just but, fun. Yeah, it's just a fun show when it's done well. All right, Jen, what do you got? Uh, I think my number five is going to be pretty high on your list, so I'm not going to say too much about it, but it is the opening number from 2013's Tony Award by Neil Patrick Harris. And this was about, um, do, do you want to talk about it or do you want to wait till it's on your list? You can, I know. You can say a little <laughs> bit about it. Um, this number is basically about how you can do anything in the theater and um, no matter who you are. And especially one line that really touched me. And I think that they kind of revived that this year with James Corden is that I know you're at home and you're dreaming big of Broadway, but I was you. And so you could be here. And it had Neil Patrick Harris running all over the theater, 
literally, <laughs> and jumping through hoops, literally, and climbing up Tony wards, literally. And it just was amazing. You could see the reactions in the audience of, of people just enamored by his talent. And uh, he's he's one of the most dynamic hosts that the Tony ever has. And, you know, I know I'm not going to get any argument from you. So No, not at all. And we'll, we very well might be talking about that one here shortly. But my number four is one that I'm, I can't wait for you to see this show in some form or another, whether it's the recently announced movie or not. But that is the semi-medley of the song, uh, the opening song, the title song, In the Heights and 96,000 from the show In the Heights in 2008, obviously um, featuring the show's composer and star Lin Manuel Miranda, but also Karen Olivo, Chris Jackson, Mandy Gonzalez, and the entire original cast. It is just that show has a very, uh, very strong place in my heart. I love that show. There's it's it, it really even more so than Hamilton because. Um, what that show is able to do is it's able to take kind of these new ideas that Lynn had worked so well with in Hamilton, but also meld them into a very traditional show. It is where Hamilton is probably, Jen, would you say three quarters hip hop and rap, maybe more, 80%? Um, do you yeah, think- but there's a lot of show tunes in it too. Yeah, it's, it's the converse and in the Heights, maybe 25% of it is rap and the rest is show tunes. And so he really has progressed up to what Hamilton is now very slowly. But in the Heights, I mean, as I've said before, it's a modern day Latin fiddler on the roof. And I love these two songs because in the Heights sets the stage and then 96,000 has everybody in the cast almost in it. And it is so much fun and so energetic. And I think that's something that has, as I've gone through my list, most of these songs are songs that are big show stopping numbers with a lot of their cast, not all of them, but those are the ones that really speak to me because whether it's at Radio City Music Hall or not, that is such a huge venue if it's at Radio City, but if it's not, it's still the Tony Awards. This is still such a huge event that you want to have something that fills every inch of the TV screen and something that can really speak to people. And In the Heights, 96,000 definitely does that. And I love that number, and it's uh, and I can't wait for you to actually see a production of this show. I'm with you. I am dying to see it. I've listened to the soundtrack a lot, but again, I really want to see it live. Cast recording. Oh my God. That's for you, Alan Henry. Um, Okay. My number four is from the 2002 production of Urinetown. Mm, Good one. And the Tony performance was of their second act big number called Run Freedom Run. I directed this show and this song is deceptively difficult. Um, the harmonies are very intricate. And Hunter Foster, brother of Sutton Foster, as we yep. had just spoke about, leads this cast in this second act gospel feel of a song called Run Freedom Run, trying to promote the rebellion um, against the Cladwell Corporation for the right to <laughs> urinate. It's not, uh, it's not a classic tale. But it has classic themes, and it's just a hilarious show, and it has so many great Broadway parodies in it. And this number is definitely one of my favorite, and this performance at the Tony Awards introduced me to the show, and I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, that is, that's one of those shows that I don't think gets a lot of credit because it is obviously very dark with a weird concept, but it has a very strong social me- social message. And one of Broadway favorites, uh, she's a, a Broadway historian, Jennifer Ashley Tepper, she mentioned, I think the week before the Tonys, that that is one of the numbers that got her really interested in the history of Broadway when she was 
I don't think when she was growing up, because I think she's 30 now, so I mean, she, or that wasn't that long ago, but I guess it would have been when she was in her teens, so that's definitely a very cool number, and uh, I've never seen that show either, but I'd like to. It's hilarious. Yeah. All right, uh, my number three is one that you've you've mentioned in your list, and that is Ring of Keys from Fun Home uh, from 2015, and you mentioned Sidney Lucas, who I think at the time was like 11 or 12, um, and it's a, it's a number that... Essentially, the, if you don't know what Fun Home is, and I can't believe you're listening to our podcast if you don't, but it's basically <laughs> the story of a lesbian graphic novelist cartoonist, and she's looking back at her life while she's writing it into a graphic novel, and this is a true story, and it has to do with her um, realizing that she's a lesbian and that her father is also gay, and then at, no spoiler alert, I guess, but, well, I guess spoiler alert, because it's... <laughs> the crux of the show but you find out really early in the show is that while she's away at college he steps in front of an oncoming truck and kills himself so you see that in this moment ring of keys is the character um uh, allison trying to you know she first realizes that she identifies with a very butch woman and it's such an emotional thing in the performance and what's great about this number is that it is even though uh, Beth Malone and Michael Cerveris are in this number. They don't really sing at all. They kind of just do the the the, uh, the dialogue that introduces it. And what's so cool about it is, is you get to see a lot of close-ups of Sidney Lucas's face. And even though she is young, she is acting the hell out of that song. And it's a great melody by uh, Janine Tesori and Lisa Cron has great lyrics. But the performance from Leslie, or from uh, the the performance from Sidney Lucas, is what really makes that one for me. And I still kind of get chills thinking about it. So. I agree with you. It was much higher on my list, but but I'm glad that we both uh, acknowledged that one. Yeah, she was remarkable. Yep. All right, what do you got, Jen? Number three for me is the t- 1998 revival of Cabaret, mm. Willkommen, mm. Uh, performed by Alan Cumming. Um, the reason that I loved this so much was because my exposure to Cabaret was the movie with Great. Joel Grey, Liza Minnelli. You know, it was a staple in my household growing up, and to see it just thrust into this, like, dirty, filthy, like, there was no tuxedos, and there was no class about it. It was just filthy, and it just, I resonated with it more, and he was just, he was just so gross, and, like, wearing Doc Martens and being slimy as only Alan Cumming can. And I just loved it, and I thought that it uh, really opened Cabaret up to me in a whole different way. That says a lot about you, Jen. (laughs) It really does, but uh, let's move on. (laughs) I mean, it also said something about you that the movie of Cabaret was a staple in your house growing up, but that's... (laughs) We'll, We'll move on from there. Number two on my list... Jen, is the opening number from 2013 uh, that you mentioned uh, a little bit ago, the Neil Patrick Harris song that was not too surprisingly written by uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. And the big takeaway for me is the line you talked about. It's that, you know, you're sitting at home and you want to be a performer. You want to do this, you want to do that. And, and, And really a rap number in the middle of this song, NPH said, I guarantee you we were that kid. And that is still, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that, the the reaching out from the Broadway community to people who are different or feel like they don't belong anywhere else. That's really what that song was. And I think, like you said, and we said in our Tony episode that came out uh, a week or so ago, the, the 2016 Tony opening number with James Corden tried to do that same thing. I don't think it did it 
nearly as well as uh, as this one did. And what was so cool about this number, something you didn't mention, Jen, is that they had the casts of almost every currently running Broadway mm-hmm. show on stage at the same time. And you just see this, the, the faces of people in the audience is just gobsmacked by how huge this is and how exciting it was. The, the colors, the diversity, the excitement, the sheer overwhelmingness of everything that Broadway has to offer. And it is a really, really remarkable feat that they did to pull this off. And it's something like we've never seen before. So that's definitely super exciting, super important. So 2013's opening number. That's uh, that's my number two. So, Jen, what do you got at number two? Well, now I'm starting to wonder if our top two are going to be the same. <laughs> Um, I have for number two, the performance of Rent from 1996, uh, Seasons of Love into La Vie Boheme. Again, um, going into this Tony Awards, I was all about, and I hate saying this cause you're going to make fun of me, <laughs> but I was all about bringing to noise, bringing to funk <laughs> cause I loved Saving Glover and I wanted him to win all the awards. But when I turned the Tonys on, everybody was talking about Rent. So they performed this number, and then I heard the story about Jonathan Larson and his parents accepting the award and the the vibe in the theater, and that's when I fell in love with Rent for the first time when I saw that performance. And the rest, as they say, is... Is history. Still... Rent the, head history, yeah. <laughs> still the musical I've seen the most times me performed too. live. Yeah, me too. I would see it again. Me too. <laughs> I'm actually seeing it again in January in LA. <laughs> it's not coming to Orlando, but I might have to see it in some other Floridian city. So, all right, Jen, well, this will be interesting to see what we have as uh, number ones. Um, I'm guessing because you said there might be a chance that you did not include Hamilton as your number one performance. Is that a safe assumption? Do you know what's funny is I didn't realize until about four in that I didn't include anything from this year. Like, I don't know why. I just was thinking about it. And I I just excluded that. Okay. So no, no, right. Hamilton's not my number one. Well, if we get number ones the same on this one, I'll be shocked because mine's a pretty deep cut. Um, but it is the song and the Tony's performance that I continually every year go back and watch. And the only thing that I don't like about it is, is that the only footage that we have of it is not as clear as I would like. Um, it features a performer who left us way, way too early. Um, and it is a song from a show that is one of those underappreciated shows that anyone who saw it thinks it is one of the best shows ever done, but it didn't last that long and it has never been revived. Um, and that is the song is we'll take a glass together from the musical grand hotel in 1990. It features the late great Mr. Noodle from uh, Sesame street, Michael Jeter and the dashing baritone Baron Brent Barrett. And basically, it's based on a classic film. They're in this German hotel, and they they go up. Michael Jeter's character is, is Mr. Kringlehoff is dying, and he goes up to the bar, and, and the Baron and him decide they kind of become fast friends, and they decide to have a, a drink together. And as Michael Jeter gets drunk, they start dancing at this bar, and Michael Jeter does all these crazy, you know... Um, tricks at this bar and his legs are flying everywhere it's the most energetic and most fun and exciting number i've ever seen and i continue to go back to it every year and watch it um and and it really makes you sad that michael jeter um who died of aids um not too many years after that also was a star on the tv show evening shade if you remember that and was uh was like i said was on sesame street for a long time and so 
We'll Take a Glass Together from Grand Hotel 1990 is my favorite Tony Awards performance of all time. Wow. Deep cut? Deep cut. And I am interested that not only are our number ones different, but that each of our number ones are not even on the other's list. Wow. Okay. Okay, good. That's I'm excited. That's good. After we've agreed on like Rectify and the Lost Finale... Uh, season finale from what was that season three did we, I don't remember which one we yeah, agreed through on. the looking glass yeah, through yeah. the looking glass um, it's good to have something really uh, really different so what do you have as number one then but I, I mean I feel like it's hard for you to argue um, and I think it's pretty obvious but my favorite Tony performance of all time was 1982 and I'm telling you I'm not going yeah that's uh, yeah okay here's the thing <laughs> Uh, I grew up in a very, very small town with a lot of white, white people. And when I first watched this, and yes, I was alive because I'm older than you. I was alive. I was alive. I probably wasn't able to understand words at that point. (laughs) I was very, very little. I was like eight years old. And I saw this and I saw Jennifer Holliday come out and sing this song. I had never seen anything like it. I had never seen anyone sing a song like that where it was she got ugly like when she sang she wasn't trying to be pretty she was singing so hard she was ugly and she was like falling over onto chairs because she was singing so hard and everybody knows the song you know it was made Mm -hmm. popular again with the movie with jennifer hudson and everything but i have never ever seen anyone perform a song like this this was my first exposure to it and i had a visceral reaction to it where I just started crying in the middle of it because I didn't know what was happening. And my mother still tells me she remembers holding me because I was shaking because I couldn't understand it. It's my favorite performance ever. And I highly recommend it because Jennifer Hudson does no shame to it. She, she knocks it out of the park, but Jennifer holiday is one of the best performances I've ever seen. Yeah. And every year, uh, Adam Feldman and I think David Cody from Time Out New York collaborate on the top 30 performances from the Tonys of all time the week before the Tonys they release it every year and they update it and jockey things back and forth and this is number one on their list uh, as well so it's hard to argue um, it is one of those iconic songs that has only grown in its um, in its prevalence in the society not only from <laughs> not only from the uh, from the movie but from a lot of people trying to do it justice on singing competition reality shows, um, which is where Jennifer Hudson sang it on American Idol long before she ever did it in the movie. And now Amber Riley of Glee fame, she sang it on Glee, and now she is actually opening the first West End production of, of Dreamgirls in, uh, in London later this fall. So it is definitely a show that has become a, a little bit of a standard, I would say. I mean, not in a standard in the way you think of like a Cole Porter song, you know, with Frank Sinatra singing it in a, a jazz club in Vegas. But it's a it's part of the American pop culture zeitgeist. And that's hard to do for any show tune, especially one that's from the last 35 years and not from the golden age of musicals. So I don't I can't argue. You're right. I cannot argue with that one, even though it was not on my list. Likewise, I've never seen Grand Hotel. I love the movie. I love the movie. Have you never but... seen that performance? No. All Mm-mm. right, here, here's what we're going to do, Jen. Go <laughs> go find it. Go type in Grand Hotel Tonys. And we're going I I want I want to I want to hear your I want you to watch it and then I want you to react to it afterwards. So, I'll play a little bit from it here in the show while Jen's watching it. Then we'll come back and get her reaction. 
bring to you. No, I to you. Then vice versa. Then vice versa. I'm sure it's true. Oh, I know it's true. Things may be bad, but could be worse. Absolutely. Oh my God. <laughs> we'll ask no why or whether. We'll spend each moment. Yes, we will. As it moves us. And it moves us. Come, my comrade. Comrade. Nip the nectar of the day. Okay, fine. That's freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jen, we just uh, we just watched this kind of simultaneously across the country. So while I'm not asking you to change your list because that would kind of be defeating the purpose, but that's pretty awesome, isn't it? No, it's remarkable. I really, really want to see that show. That's just such a. I'm going to be obsessed for the next week finding that soundtrack. Um, <laughs> Cast yeah, board. that looks really great. I I love that guy. It's it's very sad. Yeah, and uh, just the stuff that he does with his legs, and it, it I found yeah, it's inhuman. Yeah, and like I'll put a video. There's one video that aired on a PBS special um, that has somewhat better video. But the problem that I don't like about it is, is that he's wearing these black tucks, these black tux pants, and black shoes, and the background is all black, so you can't really see all the insane movements. You've got to really focus on his legs to really see what he's doing, and then doing these weird whip kicks and into the splits and it's just amazing so yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it as much as i do so very yeah it's great okay jen so let's move on normally at this point we would do our next um list of blues a theme that would air in two weeks but because we're kind of on a quasi summer hiatus we're not exactly sure when the next episodes we will be taping are we know we're going to do a summer tv and maybe some movies too because there's a lot of good movies coming out this summer even though i haven't seen a movie in a few months um we were going to do that and we do want to announce our next theme but we just don't know when it's going to come out so jen why don't you hit me with what our next list of palooza theme will be whenever we get around to recording this summer why don't we do our favorite uh, top ten summer movies of all time? Okay, so what so they does... had to have they had to have debuted May, June, July, or August. That's what, that's what I was going to ask. Where what are we counting as summer? Yeah, um, because I know that a lot of movies come out in May, right before Memorial Day, to hit that weekend right. box office. So May, June, July, or August, it has I... to de- debut. Yeah, and it used to be like nothing good came out until the 4th of July, but they've been pushing that back because mm-hmm. it, it used to be where a number of really good movies would all start their their lives in the theaters on the 4th of July or that, that, that week. But now it's like nobody – you can't put two blockbusters in the theaters in the same weekend for some reason, so they spread them out over the summer. So that's good. Okay, so May, June, July, August, any movie released during those months – Top 10 favorites. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can deal with that. Let's try that. All right. Cool. 
All right, thanks for listening to Some Like It Pops List of Palooza Tony Awards episode. You can find all of our episodes on broadwayworld.com, and you can get new episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SLIP Podcast. You can follow Jen at Eponine Q and me at VWW Matt. We will be back, I guess, sometime in July. Um whenever there's a lot of good tv to talk about this summer uh so we'll get to that at some point so follow us on social media and we'll let you know when the next episode is coming around but until then we'll see you around the broadway world oh nice i say that every episode and you do uh, and you never apparently listen to the end <laughs> never heard that before. i'm not a great person no Like, seriously, every episode we've ever done, I've said Weird. it. All right, well, there that is. Yeah. Yeah, like, come on, man. Don't, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. That's the lesson today. It is. It is.